0: Right, let's go! It is a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show right here on the Ref. Josh is handling a an interview with the Norman North basketball coach. Little Boyd Street work being done. So Drake has been kind enough to hang a little bit, uh, a little bit longer. We got a busy program. Jocelyn Alo is coming up at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk about her trade to the Oklahoma City Spark future of Oklahoma softball, and just the future of the sport in general. So, if you need positive, uplifting stuff, 935. Jocelyn Ila will be in the house right here on The Ref. 10 a.m. this morning. Complete recap of the Brent Venables presser from yesterday. You were there. Good tone, good That's energy. Seemed right. Seemed, That's right? Seemed A little right. bit feisty. Oh, did it get feisty? A little
1: bit feisty. Late yesterday. or in the yeah. middle? Uh it was in the midst of everything, but at the very end, if you go listen to oh. his walk-off, right? he says, well, nobody want to ask anything about West Virginia, huh? I don't
0: get that, right? No. I mean, listen, I completely and totally understand that no one seems to care about that matchup. You, you have nothing to gain in the eyes of fans and media, by going there and winning you just don't unless you win 49 to 0 it's like you're supposed right. to be there right the only thing that can happen and, and I guess maybe I should pause on that just a second because well no I know I'm not gonna pause I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rethink it because even if you shut them down what's the response gonna be well it's West Virginia so they're not any good you know that kind of thing it's West Virginia who got smoked offensively last week by Iowa State I'm in other words, West Virginia's offense didn't perform all that well, so I understand we've had those situations before, but not usually in big 12 play, right, unless it's Kansas. Kansas year' gone by. But I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of interesting stories in this game. we're going to hear from Neil Brown later on in the program, but yeah, that's a, it's a good little mystery why that wouldn't be deemed worthy of a question or two. Uh we didn't spend a ton of time on it on sooner sports talk with BV. We were talking a lot about you know guys who have shine, you know Teddy asking about mistakes that need to be fixed. Um I encourage you to go listen to the podcast at sooner slash podcast It was a really really fun episode despite what we were having to talk about which was Baylor on Saturday night. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't get that either. Drake you would think there might be. It's the first ever trip that Britton Venables has made to Morgantown. He's never been to Morgantown. He's never played West Virginia as a coach or a player. And honestly, neither has a lot of his staff. But Damian Washington has never been up there. I think even Ted Roof hasn't been up there with all the stops that he made. So it's it's a little bit of a of a different world. It's a different environment. It's the... Uh, easternmost outpost of the Big 12. Is it the
1: northernmost, too? Northern and easternmost? I, I would think it, so. It's between it and Ames. I would think it's further north. But
0: Wait, hold on. I think Toby did this. t wrote, I need a lifeline. I think Toby was doing the math on this because he referred to Ames as the northernmost outpost in the Big 12. <laughs> See, Drake, you and I do think alike in some things. In other words... The immediate Google is which is further north, Ames, Iowa, or Morgantown, West Virginia. Well, re- regardless, I just I just don't need a yeah, butt guy in my mentions today, okay? Yeah, but it's really not. Ames is like six miles further north than Morgantown. I guess it is. I guess a- Ames, Ames is higher, yeah. Is. Good call. Higher north. So the easternmost outpost of the Big 12. And by the way, ooh, scroll down a little bit there on that map. Is it going to be the easternmost outpost in the SEC, too, or would Columbia, South Carolina be a little bit more on that coast? Geography talk on a Wednesday. Welcome to the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Anyway, my point is it's a different kind of trip for this conference. You're looking at a long flight. You're, you're pushing different time zones. It's tough. But, again, I completely understand it, it can. I don't get it, but it completely makes sense. Nobody gives a bleep about West Virginia. They want to see you play better. There's not anything, hey, Coach JT Daniels, you know, you had some success against him last year when you were the Clemson head coach and he was the Georgia quarterback, shut him down. The only touchdown in that game was was a defensive score. What'd you see in him? Nothing like that yesterday. See, because I'm, it's usually about 30-minute press conference. I'm at 25. I was going to listen to the last five coming up here in a bit. Edited down for the people's. But I just guess you're in a situation where you can't win in talking about the opponent right now. In fact, I was laughing in just the very quick first perusal of the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. The very – it absolutely is not north of Ames. Thank you. I keep forgetting about the delay. So there is like a 10-second delay on the FM, and there's like a two-day delay on the app. So you're actually hearing Monday's show on the app. Tuesday's show will happen a little bit later (laughs) on. (laughs) Um, But I, I did like this. I did like this. Fans better care about West Virginia. They beat Baylor, who just ran all over our defense. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I don't. I think this is... I don't want apathy from the Sooner fan base. Number one, we are the home of Sooner fans, and apathy is not good for this here very program or the station's mantra as a whole. <laughs> apathy would equal probably unemployment. So I don't want to see an apathetic fan base. But I, I also understand now to where the mindset has become, okay, what's going on in recruiting? What are we going to do? Yeah, we got Bettle next week, but now Oklahoma State sucks too. Can't even ruin their season. Their season is already ruined. But coming up on the program today, coming up at, I don't want to commit myself to a time, but let's say 10.30. 30 this morning, Drake Dyken. I'm going to give you five good reasons why it's worth watching West Virginia, Oklahoma. Why it's worth getting excited about an opponent. Part of it might be that in the preseason, I'd pick Neil Brown to potentially be my coach of the year. So to see that further look like one of the worst predictions ever might be good. And number two, we've only got three more games left. I mean, and then we're going to spend from December until about, what, mid-August, complaining about, oh, man, wish football was here. Where's football? And then football gets here and all you do is grinch and moan about the game. Oh, I don't care about West Virginia. What do you want? I get it. It's not what anyone wanted for the, for the season, but you don't get many of these opportunities. That's why I've never understood people not going to games. Outside of family, right? If you have family issues, you know, kids got an event, sick in-laws, sick uh, parents. I'm, I'm dealing with something with my mom right now and it's just it's crazy. Um, but it's Man, Josh is really loud in the phone conversation. That's Always. right. Oh my gosh.
1: Um, but I guess I mean sorry. Like, I, I just saw is that the case for your iPad in there? I don't have an iPad case. What what is uh what's the oh, my unicorn? unicorn there? Oh, it's my pin case. Oh, it's your pin. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's what my daughter, my eight year old, gave this to me to keep all my pins in.
1: This is a yeah. white unicorn yeah, exactly. with uh, what uh, you've got teal? Yeah, yeah it's colors? got it's got a
0: little teal in it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's and, really uh, not well done, uh-huh. but I'm not going to complain because it does
1: work real well for
0: my pins. It's got some pink
1: eyelashes. It looks. It's like. It's got a
0: free Chick Fil A card hey, in go. there. Let's see. Yeah, that's
1: know. courtesy of. Uh, well, this was Friday.
0: actually cur- courtesy ooh. of a friend. This ooh, was ooh, 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 at okay. the uh, okay. and I've held on to this for like ever, and I think it's expired. Someone gave this to me at the women's event that we did the oh gosh yeah 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 so i think it's expired but yeah no 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 this is my this is what i look at when i'm angry i've got my little unicorn pin uh holder right here yeah sorry about that josh talking loudly on the phone completely yeah, distracted it, it, it the drew whole show my,
1: drew my eyes towards that direction and i see a unicorn in my yeah sorry uh, about lower that.
0: but uh i just i don't i've never really understood the well i'm just not going to go to the game travel is an issue right but you only get so you get six home games Maybe. Get th- one more home game left, two more games, hopefully on something more than ESPN+. Plus. <laughs> but I'm just – I don't like to think about this fan base getting apathetic. I don't. So with that in mind, let's get after it on a Wednesday. 405-651-3439. This is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Listen, before we go to break, though, and I'm assuming that we may not have you back next segment, Drake. You have already committed to the ref Royal Rumble. That's right. You've committed to what? TCU? TCU
1: for my upset. Lock, Wake Force, minus two and a half.
0: <sighs> I'm struggling this week. I'm overthinking it. Last week, literally, I looked at Maxson and said, that's the game I'm taking. <laughs> Like there we go, almost did it last night. I yeah. would have lost. Too.
1: Which I don't know why I'm following the trend. I guess I should probably just because of where I am standings wise. Right, change go my up-set. The grain. yeah. But Here, here's what I would tell which you, which is what I should have done last week too. I, my initial pick was LSU. The, and obviously that would have hit, but
0: it's interesting because everyone was on Tennessee a couple weeks ago against Alabama, and everyone hit. Yeah, everyone was on. Who was it? Miami over Texas A and M earlier this season, and nobody Rebels. won. Yeah, I mean, you have. Let's see, TCU has been involved in every single pick that has been submitted so far.
1: Yeah, uh, whether it's the lock or the upset.
0: Literally, you mentioned Parker. Parker had sent in his lock and upset before the standings had even been, yeah, updated nine thirty eight Sunday morning. Yeah, so you've got. Josh has TCU as his upset. You have TCU as your upset. Steely already has TCU as your lock. Travis has locked an upset at TCU. There's no way that many people can be right. I'm just – I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. That's I'm, the
1: trend here. I, I'm with you on that.
0: No way. So I'm probably going to lock Texas just to go the other way. There we way. go. But I can't find an upset that I like. None of these – Mac. you know what? I did. I think I'm going to ride with the alma mater. I think I'm going to ride with Tulsa. On the road, they're a little bit better on the road than they are at home. It's Memphis, who I don't think is very good. They're a home touchdown dog. Or a home touchdown favorite. That might be it. That might be the upset pick. But then is homerism coming into this? Is homerism playing a part in it? Like, I knew, I told Tyler, I begged you not to take it last week, Tyler. I told you. Don't do that to yourself. Tulsa at home, not a good pick. I would love to have the guts to pick Colorado over USC, but they're just so
1: terrible. Terrible.
0: So there you have it. Ref Royal Rumble. Drake has already submitted his pick. Josh has already submitted his pick. I got one right last week, so now I'm overanalyzing everything. All right, quick break. Josh Helmer will join us when we come back. 16 past the hour. Jocelyn Alo at the bottom of this hour, right here on the ref. How'd it go? All good? All good. Good morning. Josh had a Boyd Street Magazine responsibility this morning, which is fine because we're approaching our deadline. Last night I was going to write, but I got caught up in election coverage. Let's just be real <laughs> How about could it. you not? Dude, I was cracking up so much watching. I don't even remember what channel. Number one, okay, quick little aside. What's up with all the soft lighting? Like literally, I, was, I think it was Channel 4. They come on and it looks like a glamour shot. You remember glamour shots from the eighties and the early nineties, maybe? It's like I'm Kelly Ogle and I'm so and it literally looks like they're getting set for a glamour shot. It's like, what are we doing with the lighting now? Is that my TV? No, I, I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, okay, yeah. good. Number two. When when the party's over, put the reporters outside or something. Because there's nothing worse than watching. We go live to the watch party of so-and-so, and they go there, and there's nobody there, and there's dudes breaking down tables behind them. I mean, it, it, and again, I'm not a political guy. Boy, I live with someone who is, but I'm not a political guy. But it's like a really bad look. I mean, somebody's like, oh, yeah, you, it was a great party earlier, and you're like,
2: uh... yeah, yeah,
0: but I, I'm talking about the now. They go to the other place and there's still a couple people, woo, you know, behind them. They're kind of celebrating a little bit. All right, so there's the, the victory part. Let's go live to so and so here, who's on site at an embassy suites where they're breaking down tables behind her while she gives her live report. Sarah? It's like, well, it, it just was, looks bad. It was fun for a while. And then the second thing on the national side, man, we have. Uh, the, oh sorry Steelman rolled in he's he's giving Drake the business right as he walks in the door. um we really have to have a lot of data people. It's almost become like Sunday Night Football. you ever watch Sunday well we watch Sunday Night Football right the NFL on NBC and literally their desk used to have like 12 people. I mean the election coverage Josh has taken that and it's got Lincoln Hawk and it's turned its hat around backwards, and it's like, show you. And I'm not. There was a desk on, I think it was ABC, that was the largest desk that I've ever seen in my life with at least 30 people on it for this coverage. It's like Amazon Prime Thursday Night Football. It's like, all right, here to break things down with us, I'm so-and-so. This is uh, Jeff Saturday or whomever. Who's the offensive lineman? Uh, Andrew Whitworth. Here's Richard Sherman. We got so-and-so over here. There's Brandon Marshall over there. And I mean, now we welcome in the 14th member of our crew. They've got so – I mean, I, my mind was just blown watching this. I, You kind of stop and maybe start playing on your phone a little bit. You look up like, oh, what, what has happened? But here's the other thing. It's it's kind of like the college football playoff. I saw two things that were very similar last night in the two must-watches for me. Because thankfully, Josh, I did not pull the trigger on the Akron or Ball State upsets last night. Or I'd be sitting there – You did and, good. You did good. I mean, I'm – I'm not lying. Just quickly, I'm 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 immersed in the referral rumble right now. Uh, I'm literally. I had my phone and had it typed, and in my head, it's like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Just do it. Do it. And I uh, I decided not to.
2: I'm glad I did. But it's almost like you got a second pick this week.
0: That's right. That's right. But the election coverage is a lot like the college football playoff coverage uh, of the the poll release because. In election coverage, they already know everything that's going to happen outside of, like, five races. You know, maybe six or seven. And literally, the college football playoff, they know about every single team that's going to be somewhere. Maybe two teams where they might end up. And it's – you literally then sit there and over-debate that one spot. I mean, literally, it's like polls have just closed in Oklahoma, and we can declare James Lank for the winner. You're like, are we not going to build the drama up here a little bit? Mark Wayne Mullen has won. You're like, okay, but I mean, literally, the polls just closed. I mean, is is there a chance that maybe there was a run in a county somewhere? No, to, no, no, not at all. Lankford wins.
2: <laughs> I was cracking
0: up watching it last night.
2: No, that was pretty it's like amazing the too. That is uh, quite the statement about the. State of Oklahoma, 30 seconds after the polls close, all right, we've got two winners.
0: They probably could have done in the governor's race, too. Holy smokes. He ended up winning by more than he did, what, four years ago. But I I did want to say off the top, for as much fun as I have watching it, kudos to the hard work that's put in. Um, Despite what politics do to us on social media and us in life, uh, I think the news organizations do a really good job covering it, especially for, like, a part-timer like me. Consider me like your buddy that never watches sports suddenly coming in and be like, so how are the Sooners doing this year? Have you had anyone do that to you? Hey, man, how's things just going football-wise for OU this year? I've been so busy I haven't even kept up. That's me, Josh Helmer, whenever it comes to politics. So kudos to everyone involved last night. Congrats to the winners. Keep grinding for the losers. Congrats to your party. Sorry about your party. It, did I keep that generic enough? And I hope you took my voting advice near the end of the show yesterday. Really thorough. Felt like I hit pretty well, too, especially on those judges.
2: Indeed. Do you, do, you yeah.
0: have, do you have any idea whenever you flip the ballot over and it's all the judges, you're like, I don't know about any of these guys. And you really can't sit there and Google. It's like, I did, it's like you got a test. You're like, I wasn't aware that this was going to be on the test right now, but I voted. I didn't get an I voted sticker, so I hope my vote Whoa. still counts. Ca- I know. I know. I hope my vote still counts. And I didn't take a picture of it and post it on social media.
2: I could have walked into my polling place, gotten my ballot, and, you know, just left it and would have had my I voted sticker. They gave it to me. Right away? Yeah, as I got my ballot. It's so weird, too, with um, just quick little side. Thanks, guys. I just really came for the sticker. See you guys later. See you
0: later. Thanks. I'm just going to do what Dan Orlovsky did and just submit a blank ballot. (laughs) Is that what he did? Yeah. He's like, here's what I do every year in voting. He goes and he signs his name in and he just submits a blank ballot. What in the heck is the point of that? Well, at least I, I went, I guess, more than look at me. I went. I. It's weird because you'll see these reports of people standing in line. And for me, it's just that, that's wild. That's a world I've never – we talked about this four years ago. That's just a world I've never experienced. That's why whenever people talk mail-in voting – Outside of COVID, it was like I mean, literally. I why? Why? I, I, I walk right to the. I, I walk right in there, it's and same for me. It's great. There's that lady where I give my ID to, and I sign my name, and there's the old guy that's like, don't forget to fill them all in. They give me a pin. I fill them in. I'm out in like two minutes.
2: Okay, now put so it that, right
0: right through this machine. But but I I understand. You know, you look around the country, and there's different places where it's like hour line, two hour line, and that's it's like my mind can't comprehend. But I'm glad everyone. Had their day. And I guess we're going to do this again on December 6th. Is that right? With a couple of runoffs? So exciting. Does anyone in that Herschel Walker debate say, Herschel, do you ever feel terrible for how you ruined the Minnesota Vikings organization with how they gave up so much to send you to Dallas? Your thoughts? Or right. get you from Dallas? Your That's thoughts. what I to would like to. to yeah. The question I would like an answer to. Meanwhile, everyone's like, why is this guy asking this? We're, we're here on the inflation and abortion. What are we doing? Yeah, and I'd like to know, do you feel guilty for really empowering Jerry Jones? Ladies and gentlemen, Herschel Walker is why Jerry Jones is where he is. It's Herschel's fault.
2: Herschel's fault. Herschel's, Herschel's fault. And it was like,
0: what the hell is this guy talking about? He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, all right, so any takeaways from the BV presser yesterday that really caught your eye? Or since we were talking about the fourteen playoff, would you rather start there? And kind of where you you have the idea of you know who controls their own destiny and who doesn't let's uh Let, let's start there right not right i mean we got 10 a.m. and Jocelyn's coming up like na- now but let's quickly get some i mean it's the the biggest story outside of politics right is the 14 playoff anything really surprised you last time? i told you texas was going to continue to shoot up of that ranking
2: and they did and at the top right now it's pretty simple right uh, 1 through 4 Pretty straightforward. Undefeated teams, there's four of them. One, two, three, four. And then uh, sort of what we suspected, Tennessee right on the outside looking in. Which is probably how it should be right now.
0: Right. So I had three things I was looking for when we went in last night, right? Um, Three things that had really kind of caught my eye whenever it came to the college football playoff ranking. Number one, how far Tennessee would fall. We didn't think it would be too terribly much. Boom, they're right on the fringe of the four-team playoff. I don't know if they control their own destiny. I don't know if I agree with that mindset and idea, but they, they sit at number five, so they're still in it. What would happen with TCU? Boom, they moved up to number four. Moved up three spots. Good. And I'll tell you what, if they beat Texas on Saturday, the way the playoff computers and what they take into consideration, take about, feel about Texas, Josh, they, they, they might be sad. I mean, even if they lose in the Big 12 championship game, they're going to be in a really good spot. And then, of course, the the, the Pac-12, how the – and I guess I kind of threw to where Texas would go. I think about, about four things. Texas moves up six spots to 18. But it appears as if this committee loves the Pac-12 right now. Oregon at six. USC moves up to eight. But it's weird how they feel about the Pac-12 because having USC above UCLA, who has more top 25 wins, is intriguing. I didn't realize there was this big push for UCLA, but here we are. I think it went kind of how I thought it would. Last, I don't really think anything surprised me too terribly much. Alabama falling to nine was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I'll be honest with you, that was a much more massive drop than I expected, so that was a little bit rewarding. Oh, I was intrigued by uh, Clemson, too, and they hammered Clemson. I mean, the, the ACC has done so done. Dropped
2: them six spots, unless there's chaos, right? Unless a bunch of people just start losing. The, uh, you know, Tennessee thing, I probably do fall in the camp that they control their own destiny. If for no other reason than the Oregon loss to Georgia, I just think is something that is going to hang over the Pac-12's head. I do too. I do, too. And not just that it was a loss, but it was so dominating. It's so lopsided because a lot of people are going to look at that loss and then compare it to the Tennessee-Georgia loss. And even though, as Reese Davis and others were talking about last night, honestly, it was pretty sound defeat for Tennessee versus Georgia. It doesn't have that 46-point wow factor to it. Yeah, absolutely. You got smoked, and it's just – it resonates. And that's bad news for Oregon. It's bad news for USC, for Utah, for UCLA, everybody.
0: 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. Thoughts on what you saw in the playoff rankings last night. All right. Brent Venables, presser, 10 a.m. The highlights from it coming up here in just a bit. But when we come back, we shift away from college football and we talk a little softball. Jocelyn Allo is slated to join us next right here on The Raft. All right, this interview on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line is brought to you by Landers Auto Group. And we are pumped to be joined by, I guess I can say now, friend of the show. Always been a friend of mine. Um it was so awesome to see her celebrating a national championship on Saturday. And now coming back home to her second home, Jocelyn Allo joins us on the Plank Show. What's going on, Jossie? Nothing much.
3: Just Enjoying my time here in Oklahoma.
0: How long are you here till?
3: Um, I actually leave tomorrow.
0: Oh, I timed this ride then. Let's go. Yes. So are you going back home to uh, Hawaii or are you going out to L.A.? What are you doing?
3: So home is actually California for me now. Nice. And, yeah, I'm going back to Cali and then just going to go work out again and just watch Bobby play.
0: How's he doing? I know it's. I, I saw that it was a little bit frustrating. Things haven't gone necessarily so well for the Rams, but he's getting a lot of time.
3: Yeah, he's doing good. Um, I think he's kind of just getting his feet wet right now, which is good for him, and I, I think he's building up some really good experience, but he looks good out there, and it's fun. I just get to sit back and watch him do
0: his thing. Really proud of him, man. Make sure you let him know that we're thinking of him, and it's awesome to see him getting his shine. Uh, we're talking with Jocelyn Allo. All right, let's focus on the most important thing here. You, you're coming back to Oklahoma. Take me through, number one, the process that landed you with the Oklahoma City Spark.
3: Um, so, I had just finished summer with the Vipers, and I just kind of thought I needed something a little bit new, something that aligned more with my brand. And then the spark had ended up coming out, and I saw, like, who owned it, which was Tina Floyd and the Floyd family, and then I saw who she announced as the coach. And then I was like, okay, like, this out, this this looks really good. And then they announced um, Jim Gasso as the GM, and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get here, but I'm going to get here. So made it happen, and I, I think by far it was the best thing for my brand, and I'm just excited to be back in the state of Oklahoma, just kind of back where it all started. what was
0: so we haven't had a chance to really celebrate, right? The national mm-hmm. championship uh, the well, let me rephrase that that uh, post game celebration., that was a celebration. But I mean yeah. with everybody. So how cool was Saturday to have that moment, Josie, at the football game and to get your ring and to really kind of reminisce on not just the twenty two year, but, uh, your your record-breaking career in general? The 22 season, I should say, your career.
3: Yeah, it was so heartwarming just to be back in Oklahoma and just to be back in Norman. Um, it just kind of brought back, like, all the memories and, like, these five years have been nothing short of the best. Like, I got what I wanted out of college. I got a free education. I got I got the record. I got the national championships. I got all the accolades, you know, like, and out of it though, I think the best thing to come was I've grown as a person and it's just a testament to coach Gasso and the Gasso family and just this Oklahoma coaching staff in general for just helping me take um my game and my kind of persona to the next level. So I'm just so thankful and grateful for my time here in Norman.
0: How cool was it? And this was something that was really cool for me. I really dug watching your family kind of get the, mm-hmm. the love they deserved, right? Your your yeah. dad is someone that people are asking for his autograph. Your sisters are getting national exposure. Your mom's being talked yeah. about. Jossie, I know that you're big on family, so how cool was it for you to see your family get the shine they deserved?
3: Yeah, it was awesome. And it's just all a testament to the sacrifice that they continued to make day in and day out for me. Uh, my parents obviously saving up all the money and um, my sisters for like always being there for me when I was always away and for just kind of being my number one fan. Now I just get to sit back and watch them do their thing as they continue to go through high school and they continue to go through their, um, Lorraine's going to go to college next year, so, so cool. so sad about that.
0: <laughs> She's awesome. The whole family yeah, but- is awesome.
3: Overall, it was just—it was—it's just a testament to their sacrifice, and I just—I couldn't be more thankful for Oklahoma for just showing them all the love too. I think Grandma Grandma would have gotten some oh. autographs as well.
0: Oh yeah, but Grandma was slick, man. She'd go hide after games. She was yes. smooth about it, right? I, I I I dug getting to know your grandma, We're hanging out with Jocelyn, Alla. Okay, a um, couple of things. Just I want to get a general conversation because. You know, we see the, the rise of the collectives, and I think that you kind of signaled for, for women in sports how to best use NIL, and you're seeing Jada do a great job. And obviously with your representation, Jocelyn, and how much they've been involved, how, mm-hmm. how big can NIL be in women's sports, and how have you been able to best take advantage of it to not only secure yourself, but also be able to monetize your image while you were still in college?
3: Yeah, it's huge. And I think now, like, kind of after my year, people, and when I say people, I mean companies, kind of got their foot wet with what to invest in and what not to invest in. And women athletes are the investment right now. Like, you don't you don't see a lot of um, collegiate athletes kind of interact with the fans, I think, as much as softball players do. And It goes far beyond just, like, an autograph. You know, we're wanting to know your name. We're wanting to know what position you play, the grade you're in. Like, we want to know more about these fans. And I think that's the difference with softball athletes is they're willing to create that relationship with the fans, which I think, um, in a sense, kind of goes into, like, the NIL thing. And people love to talk about us, you know what I mean? So I think... NIL is a huge thing, and I'm so happy that it's a thing. And I think after my year, I kind of set the tone for, like, okay, this is what Agreed. women's sports are worth. Let's keep progressing to go above and beyond what I had gotten.
0: And it matters. You know, people support yeah. the brand-new support. I, I know this might be a small thing, but I, I, I live out in Washington now. I live in a small town, Jossie. And when we're out trick-or-treating, I see people dressed up like Jocelyn Allo. Little girls running around. I mean, to me, that just hammers home the impact you guys are making, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it does, 100%. Like, I, I've i never – I think a lot of softball players, like, worldwide, it's a thing to just be so interactive with the fans. I, th- I see, like, Montana Fouts hosting a bunch of um, camps for little kids in her hometown. I see – People like Jada Coleman and her Texas Glory girls, you know, people like Tiara Jennings. All Batbuster girls are fans of her. Kenzie Hansen's, all the big names. And the girls genuinely love to get to know the fans, which I think just sets us apart from a lot of people.
0: couple more, and I'll let you get out of here, Jossie. All right, help, help me scout. You know, you got some time. So, you know, I always have a seat on the radio network for you if you ever want to join me and be an analyst on some games. How do you see this 2023 squad coming together? A lot of interesting freshmen, another Jocelyn on the roster, and, man, uh, Jordy looks great out there coming off her injury. How do you feel about what Patty Gasso has coming back?
3: She's got something brewing, and (laughs) she's always have something brewing. Um, I think the team looks really, really good, just especially with the – with the transfers, Haley Lee, we always had trouble with her when she was at A&M. Sid Sanders, Alina Torres, um, Alex DiRocco, all the big names. And, of course, all the returners as well. Jordy's uh, going to do good. is going to do great. Grace Lyons, all the, all the people. So I'm just excited to see um, the competition and stuff. And they've got a great schedule coming out. So I think they're actually going to have to play seven innings a lot this year. <laughs> but um, overall, like... Uh, don't be surprised
0: if we 3 What? That, that's a really good point that you just brought up. Softball in general is getting more competitive, right? We're, we're headed to the SEC okay. in a couple of years, but we've seen massive investments by SEC schools when they started up you know, 20 years ago. You mentioned um, mid-majors are investing in the program. That's got to be pretty cool. Listen, we want Oklahoma to win every single game, but Jossie, mm-hmm. that's got to be pretty cool to see that investment that's been there in the sport at the collegiate level right
3: yeah yeah and just people want to watch softball and i think that's the main thing as we continue to grow this game at the college game which eventually leads us growing it into the professional game as well so the sport is trending right now and there's no better people to watch than the oklahoma sooners if you like softball and you appreciate greatness, you want to
0: watch the Oklahoma Sooners. Love it. Hey, two more, and I'll get you out of here. First, take me through now as we transition towards the pro game. Uh, you spent a year there. It was different. There was only two teams. I I was trying to describe it to someone yesterday, and I said, in the u in triple SA pride, they're kind of like the Yankees of, of professional softball, right? It's the known name. But, obviously, there's, there's competition out there. With Lauren's vision and the growth now, investments by Tina Floyd, investments by – former major leaguers in a a franchise in Dallas. Kind of, Jossie, how do you see this season for the WPF and how excited are you for the future of it as far as growth is concerned?
3: Yeah, so excited. I mean, Lauren added two teams within a span of, like, three months, you know, and it's people like Lauren that are going to continue to grow this sport in the right way that it needs to. Just Lauren being Lauren, like she's a people's person, you know, she can – she can become your friend and then get you to invest in something, which I think is awesome. But I think another thing with Lauren too is because she has gone through this league and she knows like the rights and the wrongs and she knows the expectations that women hold themselves up to nowadays, she's not gonna be denied and women just are gonna women demand more now mm. and Lauren is not gonna take no for an answer.
0: How cool has it been to work with Amber and Poppy?
3: awesome awesome i i wish i got to play with Flo because i think we would have been a great two three punch maybe but um i'm just excited to get to work and poppy poppy's poppy you know he's always going to be in my corner for life for life the Gasco family for life in general but um i'm just excited just to get back on the field like i'm so antsy to get back on the field i'm I've been working out, doing all this training and stuff, and now I just want to play already. I just want to know who the team is, and I'm ready to win again.
0: This will be an interesting one for you on Sunday, Jossie, with Bobby, right? It's the Rams and the Cardinals. There's a lot of Sooners on the Cardinals. Yeah. Kyler, Marquise is there, uh, Marquise Cody Hayes, is, now. Cody's there now. But you're, you're all you're all Rams all the way this weekend, right?
3: absolutely rams for life
0: <laughs> you're the best Josie. i'm so proud of you so happy for you uh congratulations on landing with the oklahoma city spark and i can't wait to watch you this summer yes
3: thank you so much for having
0: me you're the best see you Josie. good stuff. bye bye Joss allo kept her a little long sorry Josie. think about that by the way i don't know if i gave the proper context She and Bobby Evans Jr., former Sooner, and and, and as Taco taught us many years ago, there's no such thing as a former Sooner, has been a starter on the offensive line for the Rams. Um, Saw Bobby posted something on Facebook on Sunday. Obviously, it hasn't been a great run for the Rams recently. Um, They've lost, what is it, four of their last five games. But it's a fun weekend for Sooner fans whenever you see L.A. and Arizona go out. A lot of former Sooners, a a lot of people who played for Oklahoma. And then there's Jossie in the stands. Man, I am so happy for her. You guys have no idea. She's been through so much, and then you have the weight of, you know, 30 home runs your freshman year, and all of a sudden it's like, she's going to break the record, and that's all, that's all that's talked about for the rest of your career, and you go out and you do it? I mean, as a, as a girl dad, that's a pretty awesome thing to have your kids look up to. I didn't want to say it whenever she was on the air cuz I didn't want to like suddenly be a blubbering idiot but man it's so cool. My daughter is 8 years old. She doesn't really care too much about sports but she does because dad does. And when when Jossie saw both my girls, my 14-year-old, she automatically at the last like their last home game they went to. She just she blew them up. She's like, "Oh my gosh, and knew their names. You're Emma, you're Gwen." Gwen, I got to get a picture with you. And she took a picture with her, and she said, now you got to send it to me. You got to send it to me. And when I got home, Josh, after the game, it wasn't, Dad, how are you doing? It wasn't, Dad, what's going on? It's, Dad, you got to send this to Jocelyn. Jocelyn said she needed this picture. You have got to send it to her right now, okay? I'm like, okay, okay, sorry. And she just, she's awesome. Everything about her is genuine. She's real. I just love her to death, man. I'm going to miss her on trips, and I'm going to miss her family. But Jocelyn's the best. All right, 951, when we come back, a, a, a little conspiracy theory being posed out there on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What do you say we dive into it next? Hey, anytime you send us a text that has a screenshot of you doing your work after on a piece of paper, you're going to be listened to in my world. You're going to get more attention. And we'll we'll shine a light on it next, right here on the ref. All right, let me hit a quick air comfort solutions text. And I like this. So Reign of Troy, a fan sided site, has triggered some of you, and that's fine. Still I I long for the day, Josh. My my deathbed wish. You know what it is. You know what it is. My deathbed wish. That someone says something stupid about Oklahoma and no one responds. Because they're just trolling you. So I guess there's this reign of Troy written by a guy who has been blessed to cover college football in depth for since 2019.
2: <laughs> yeah, a while. It's in depth.
0: Um... And they wrote an article. What's that headline say? Can you, I'm, I'm sorry. OU continues to be dumpster fire since Lincoln Riley left for USC. And it's kind of funny because the 405 did a little bit of work here in comparing OU's schedule to USC's. And, the, and, and by the way, again, like I said, literally took a screenshot of the paper that he did the work on and gave us the updated numbers. The overall record of the opponents that OU has played is 12 games over 500. The overall record that USC has played is one game under 500. With, I mean, Oklahoma has only played one team with a losing record since Nebraska, and that was Iowa State. Meanwhile, the uh, USC has what one, two, three, four teams with a losing record that they've played just in their conference. And one team that's only a game over 500 in Washington State. They've really only played two good football teams in Oregon State and Washington. Uh, Utah. Thank you. You clicked away and it scared me. Oh, old man, can't remember anything. But, yeah, I am, um, I, I, I don't care. We don't care. We don't need to be compared to USC.
2: Evan Desai, big loser.
0: But just don't don't react to it. It do not matter. I don't care what Evan Desai says. Neither should you. I don't care what USC thinks of OU. Who cares?
2: I shouldn't call him a loser, but he's only been covering college sports since. I mean, 2019. he's been co-
0: since twenty nineteen. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's hit the best of the B V press conference right here on the ref.